Hey guys, welcome to this week's edition of Track Talk Thursday. This week we had Andrew Weeding on, um, U of O alum, Hall of Famer now, actually two-time Olympian, 330 guy, the famous 2010-123 Oregon race in the 1500, we talked about that, we talked about shoot on running, his transition from, from being professional to retirement, what he went through and finding happiness again. We talked about split shirts versus half tights. Uh, we talked about everything. And it was a really cool conversation. I really appreciate having him on and everything that, that he's doing and, and trying to grow the sport just like we are. Just trying to build a community, share some stories, and that's what we did. We shared some some stories and it was a lot of fun. So I appreciate it so much for him having him on. I appreciate everybody hanging out. I appreciate the chat during these things. I appreciate you guys watching these videos, liking them, subscribing to the channel, hanging out in chat and uh, Twitch when I go live. It, it is a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys. Every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, I go live on Twitch. Link will be in the description or right here on the screen if we remember to put it on there. And we go live, we hang out, we play some video games, we talk about track, we do some insightful things. And on Thursdays, we have these track talks. So I appreciate it. So make sure to, to like and subscribe. Come hang out with us in, in Twitch, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and you will be, have a lot of fun and you'll be excited for next week's guest on Track Talk Thursday. Appreciate you all. Enjoy the video. Thank you. All right, what's going on? Um, so we should be all good here. Let me just, yep. All right, Track Talk Thursday. This is like week what, four at this point where we're clipping along here. This week we have, uh, he told me not to say his age. Um, multiple time Olympian. 330 guy, multi-time NCAA champ, U of O, uh, I guess uh, U of O alumni, or, uh, Hall of Fame inductee, or soon to be inductee. Uh, we have Andrew Weeding on this week. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're just kick, we're letting, make sure everything's good here, and then I'll pull him in uh, here. So, let me... Pause this music. All right. What's going on, dude? Oh, oh, hey there. Hey. Thanks for pulling me on to the, the twitching. Let's do some Twitch stuff. So have you ever used Twitch before? You never been on Twitch? No, as far as I know, Twitch is a descriptive word for when you move violently. So uh, I don't know what this is. So I'm proud to be a part of it, and I'm going to be coolest Twitcher you've ever twitched with. Well, before we even get into anything, have you ever even played video games? I don't even know that. I mean, we've talked. I, are you like a video game guy at all? Or used to be? Uh, yeah, I, I got a three. I got a 360. Yeah, I, I got the one. I, I just okay. got the Xbox okay. One. Uh, I play. I play all the old Halo classics, uh, but I hear Warzone or War War Pack, whatever it's called. Warzone, it's called, is, uh, is the hot game right now. Uh, I'm happy to hop in there sometime. I hear it's free. I want a good laugh. You ever you ever play a video game and see that guy like running around with his gun like 
almost the into like the this. sky, but like not, yeah, not yeah, quite yeah. up in there. He's like, I got it, I got it, I got it. Yeah, I feel like that's that's about where my skill level is, just just shy of that. So I, I would, I'd give it a shot. All right, all right. No, I was curious before we even got in this. So yeah, so I started real quick with a, a super quick like highlight credentials. But what is if you were to give a highlight credentials, what would be your like your summary highlight credentials of your career? If someone asks you about your track career, oh, it's, I mean, it's good that you, you define the, the track career career because there's some there's some pretty good credentials that I I, I quiet, but all right, fine. Um, yeah, a two-time Olympian, uh, 08, 12, uh, I think it's five, a five-time NCAA champion, uh, uh, 30, 1500. That's probably the, the highlights there. All right, all right. I mean, it's... it's... Actually handsome. Uh, you want me to keep going? Sure. Um, yeah, we can keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Philanthropist, um, you know, playboy. Not, no, it's not true at all. I, I Are you running for president of the United States that. in 2024? I don't. Oh, 2024. Shoot, man. I mean, I could take take crack at it tomorrow. I feel like I got a pretty good shot. All right. All right. All right. All right. You heard it here. You heard it here. Running for president. All you politicians out there, relax. I'm not going to run for president. You guys are okay. He's not going to. All right. We're going to go back to the start. I kind of like I like doing this with people because I like hearing their story of uh, how they grew up, like how they got in track and field. Um, And I know a lot of it, but obviously they don't know a lot of it. Vermont, first off, what is there except for maple syrup? Uh, cows, Ben and Jerry's, uh, and cheese. That's probably the our top, the round out the top four. Uh, in green rolling hills, but what? No, it's not there. Uh, that COVID virus. It's pretty low rate sound in Vermont really? right now. So if well, I mean, there's move, like what 500 people there. You know, is there like a thousand people in Vermont? Hey, hey, hey. We're, we're a crispy 1000 okay so relax all right <laughs> but yeah, you know not much is out there i didn't know that you played I, I i learned this in my research i didn't know you were a field hockey guy uh, wow that's deep research yes. Uh, yes. yeah i i wouldn't say i'm a, a field hockey guy uh, my dad is british and uh he was a field hockey player. He made like the junior national team as a youth and played in the world world stage, um, and then came to the U.S. and in the U.S. hockey is on ice, so he was immediately isolated. Uh, and so, but he, he actually, when I in high school, he coached the, the the women's field hockey team a couple of times, and I went out to help him. And I, you know, I'd like to think as could hold my own. So, big field hockey guy. Field hockey guy. So if you were to continue playing field hockey in through school, would you have made a women's collegiate field hockey team? I think I could do that. But not. I wouldn't say it's because of my illustrious field hockey skills. I'd say it's probably more because I'm just faster. I'd say, <laughs> I'd say the running career took over there. <laughs> so... You transitioned into running. Uh, a quick summary: Why running? What got you into running? Um, this were you just fast? You just picked it up. Um, what 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 was your running? How was this, the quick start to your running career? Sure. Uh, so it was it was started with soccer, as a lot of a lot of athletes, a lot of the runners kind of discover running through soccer, and 
I wanted to be on the varsity soccer team in my junior year. Uh, well, with every year it was, we had to run a timed mile to try and make it. And my junior year, I ran five minutes and lapped just about everybody who tried out. And the, the soccer coach pulled me aside and said, hey, you know, I'll never forget it. He said, you know, uh, you, you could make the varsity team, but I think we're sitting on Olympic stuff here. Oh, really? I don't know. Just as, just as yeah, just as any, any like, kind of teenage kid would do in yeah. you know, Vermont, where cross country is not exactly the most illustrious sport. Uh, I looked back at that coach and started giggling. <laughs> is, it, so. is, it, is it like ice hockey? Is that what Vermont is? Vermont, it's like lacrosse, uh, ice hockey, uh, and yeah, I'd say soccer is pretty popular as well. Gotcha. Uh, it's funny you say that about laughing at your coach, because um, I remember when Coach Labadee told me I could run 148 in a dual meet, and I laughed at him. I was like, there's no way I could run 148 in a dual meet. I just joked. But it's funny how crazy, a coach man. can, it's funny how a coach yeah. can like say crazy things, and you laugh, and then all of a sudden it becomes, somehow becomes reality. But well, it's funny, man. Like a coach can watch you run and know roughly a, a coach that knows the sport, even the coach that kind of doesn't can recognize talent. Like, you know, he didn't know a whole lot about running, but he could recognize a talented runner. And like my, my coach, like you said, through college and like my professional career, I feel like my coach knew more about how talented and how, how fit I was than I did. Oh, 100%. But, you know, find the right coaches and they'll push you in the right, right direction. A hundred percent. So uh what was we kind of just talked about it a little bit but what was life like as a high school athlete for you was was running a uh, really something you took seriously did you just do it for fun i mean you had a lot of success and obviously good enough to to travel across country and compete one of the best track and field schools in the country but like what was life like as a high school athlete for for you um yeah high school was um i went to a small high school there's like 300 kids that went to my high school uh and yeah, we all kind of knew everyone kind of knew everybody so it was like a real a large family essentially so mm -hmm. uh, running because it was in such a small part of the country or running wasn't really huge like vermont new hampshire maine like these areas didn't produce a lot of running talent some some sure but then but i the, the 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 league i was running in i was winning all the races and with each race i had this bigger and bigger head and I, it wasn't until I, I went to the, the Foot Locker regional meet and you know, put that lunch enormous hand. ego. Yeah, oh, man. Like, the first mile was, like, 445 or something like that for stupid fast for a high schooler. And I was, like, just got eaten alive. So, But I finished 18th, which isn't terrible. So No, it's not bad at all. But, I mean, that's it's yeah. really impressive to come out of a small school, step into a big limelight like that. And I know exactly what you're saying, like, High school as a small school athlete is extremely tough because you just don't have the high level competition. You might race a kid every now and then, you know, you might come across a kid that like is okay or challenges you, but you don't have that like deep foot locker. I remember going to like NXN and being the same way, just being like way out of my league and just being like on the best kid in my area. And then you step in and you're racing every kid in their best area, like every area's best kid at the same time. So Oh yeah, man, dude. It's like until you until you step up against the the big leagues, like uh, your head's always bigger than it should be. But yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't until I, like, I I learned about Oregon and I got recruited to Oregon that like realized I was a, I was a giant fish in a tiny little pond. <laughs> uh, we'll talk. I want to talk about that a little bit too when we get in here. But I want to go off the track a little bit. Um, I like to kind of see what life's like off the track, and 
I text you and asked you something about off the track stuff and your list was enormous of talents off the track. And obviously we've heard already part of your credentials. Rank them in your top five talents off the track. What are your top five talents off the track? Oh man, I gotta look back at that text now. I'm so I'm forgetting them all. Like memory loss should be number one, I guess. But oh yeah, that's true. I would um, say memory loss is one. I will agree with that. Yeah, one. it's not. It's, it's not a good talent. <laughs> but it is maybe Great your talent. strongest. Um, maybe it is your strongest. Yeah, I'm not proud of that. Um, okay, I'd say probably Star Wars nerd, movies, piano juggling Catan actually it could be Catan juggling those are interchangeable and the fantasy football oh man I lost it was five yeah, <laughs> yeah short term memory loss <laughs> there it is five, I thought you said seven <laughs> are you only like a Catan player or do you like other board games I like Catan oh man it's, it, if you talk to kind of the, the the runners from like the 2010 to 14 era like I was like a Manzano and Centro that I played once. And it was like, you know, th- this is like you're right out of college and your competitive juices are just flaring everywhere. So you want to win everything. Mm-hmm. So Catan was no different. So like we'd all play, like, let's have fun playing Catan. Yeah. And as soon as the dice are rolled, everybody hates everybody. It's it's so, so bad. Like Ari and yeah, I can't yeah, play, Ari and I can't play any board games, any card games without it just becoming extremely competitive and somebody being mad by the end of the night. But like we continue yes, to keep playing. Exactly. Like it's just that. Comp- I know exactly what you're saying. So let's go in the fantasy oh, yeah. football no, so realm. I... You, you okay. again, competitive wise here. Competitive wise here. You always talk mm-hmm. about fantasy football. I play fantasy football. Uh, what is your strategy when you go to draft? Are you like a big uh, look at the rankings kind of guy, or do you you go off your gut? Mm-hmm. I um, it's so I, the the lead that I I take the most serious most seriously with it it's an auction draft okay um so there's two like auction drafts and snake drafts are two Mm -hmm. very different strategies yeah 100 percent. so do you want me to go down one which road do you want me to go down here what so i guess the let's go auction because that's your most competitive right here's what you're saying the auction Mm -hmm. one's the one you okay the one you take the most seriously what's your strategy behind that how many hours well i can talk this out because all of my buddies in this league will not be on Twitch. So I can say all of this. All right. Um, but I like, I like to get one of the top five running backs. All right. Okay. I think the running back is the most crucial position in fantasy football. All right. You can, because the quarterbacks all develop throughout the year, wide receivers develop throughout the year, but the running back is a very clear favorite. All right. You got to know okay. that the top five are top five because you're good. So I like to get one of those. Uh, and then I kind of seed big players out to drain people's bank accounts. And I kind of take that kind of next tier down and eat up as much as I can get out of there. But I, I need one of those five running backs or else I'm, it's, I'm in trouble. So that's, that's my strategy. So are you, have you won this league multiple times or have you won it at all? The last time I won it was 2010. That's good. A, a while ago. Yeah, I was going to ask you how many you won yeah, in a row, but two. the fact that you won in 2010 probably doesn't mean you won too many in a row. Yeah, no. Look, Clayton, look, shut your mouth. All right, God, I'm working my ass off, all right? Make this a life priority to win this league every year, and I'm always sorely disappointed. I've won I've won the overall season. I've had the best record. I've gotten money through it, but I can never get to the bowl game and win confidently. I've silver many a times, but I haven't won 2010. I swear to God, 2010 was a peak year in my life, and 
for many different reasons. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, big Not Patriots good. fan, correct? <laughs> You're a big Patriots fan, right? Oh, yeah. Are you now a Buccaneers fan? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? Do you want to Tom. see Tom Brady succeed? Tom. Do you Tom want to see him succeed? I guess that should be the question. But what I want, I'd like to see Bucks Pats in the Super Bowl. That'd be fine. I, Tom gave us a ton of success for twenty years straight. All right. I want. I'd love to see him do continue doing well, not better than the Patriots. Who starts Week One for the Patriots as quarterback? Newton. As much as I don't want it to be Cam Newton, it's going to be Cam Newton because he's got an MVP thing under his on his belt and he's got the skills and stuff. So here's the thing: the guy's like glass. So I know he's going to be workouts. He's getting in shape. It may not be long. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you're a pretty tall, dude. What is your Mount Rushmore? So top four things: Mount Rushmore of things that suck because you are tall. Uh, okay. Uh, short door frames. Okay, that was what, that uh, was what gonna be like. Short. My like first thought was door frames. Mm-hmm. I've hit my head a few times, oh, oh, quite a few times. Uh, the the short shower head. Okay. I, I wish Europe. I took a photo in, Europe, in college because Europe. Yeah, that's the worst. Uh. My college dorm had a, sh- a shower head that was like maybe five seven, and I showered on a stool. It was really, it was really bad. Um, uh, concerts. Oh, okay. Uh, I really don't like. So that, I guess right now it's fine. But being in a crowded room, a crowd of people, all trying to see the stage so they can get their their, their TikToks and stuff to get their phones out in front, and all of a sudden this giant man is standing in front of them. Could you please move? Should we, uh, Sorry, I'm this tall. You're gonna have to learn to live with it. Feel guilty, but that's life. Okay. Okay. Um, I never would have thought of that though. Oh man, it's I, I didn't I didn't realize how bad it was until like New Year's 2011, and we were in New York. And there was like a huge touristy group of Asians around me, mm-hmm. like trying to watch the ball drop. And like, can you move? You put your head down. Like, oh, move, so move, much. Move. <laughs> You're like standing like uh, with your knees bent. You're like trying like at least an inch, you know. You're like, okay, that's all I got. Like, just deal with it. I'm trying for you guys. I'm really trying, but I I'm born this way. Uh, and, then, and then airplanes travel. Okay. I would give, I would give a body part to be able to teleport. I, well, almost any body part, able to teleport. Teleport. Uh, I hate sitting on an airplane. It's so so tight. Um, and what else? I was thinking one of the things that you didn't say, I thought about airplanes, uh, the doors, didn't think about showers, but I agree with that. I would say the other thing that thought of is like driving cars. Do you have an issue like getting in and out of some cars if they're too small? Well, yeah, I, so I, one of the cars, I had a BMW at one point and I felt like I was getting up off the floor every time I'm got out the car and my knees started to hurt a little bit i was like i need a bigger car so i got a truck but yeah i i agree like i would i do not want a sports car i don't want to get yeah, up i don't off think it'd be like impossible uh someone just asked in the chat if you had any place to teleport to where would you teleport to oh good question uh i would love to go to like fiji you know, oh just okay. someplace tropical i don't have to sit on 14 planes to get to just 
So you're a tropical, obviously. I mean, you grew up in Northeast. You're probably so you're a tropical guy over like a a winter vacation kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, right now with it being so hot, I would take a mountain house like, immediately. That's the beauty okay. of being from Vermont. Like you've got the snow life, and then you've got the summer hot. So like, you can appreciate both. So yeah, I, I want Fiji because I like that tropical sitting on a beach. Like I'm also a snowboarder. Like I would love to go to like oh, shoot Aspen or Utah or mm -hmm. out to the Swiss Alps and just you know shred some of that gnar. You know, man. Field hockey player, snowboarder, and then a track and field former track and field athlete on the side. I like it. I like it. Your new yeah, I did that too. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get let's talk about track a little bit here. Uh, I want to talk about your experience at the Olympic Games in 08 and 2012 uh in beijing and in london stadium i ran in both those stadiums for me the bird's nest was just like extremely overwhelming and you're being like the olympics i'm sure it was even more overwhelming being completely packed probably what was it like being in the in the bird's nest running in front of that kind of crowd that size of stadium uh were you like googly eyed nervous or were you just kind of like are you like a put the blinders on i don't even notice what's going on type guy Oh man, I think if you're at that level, you can, you just kind of lock it in and you're focused like that. Like, I'm, you, you know, like you go out to that, that big level, like, you know, you're not there to, to, to wave and interact with a bunch of fans. You're, you're there to, to run a race and mm -hmm. no matter what age, what level, what skill, like if you're there to race and you're that competitive, you put your blinders on and that's, that's the game. Um, I will say though, walking out to the start line, there was a guy who yelled, go ducks. And I was just like, my trance was broken. I was like, mm -hmm. oh you know, so and then like back on. And so, but that's what made Bolt so great to watch is that he was there, but he was able to kind of keep it fun and lively. And I always envied that because it's like the stress of wanting to win kind of overpowers a bit of that fun of what sport is. 100%. Yeah, I remember exact same situation happened to me actually in Beijing at 15. I was running down the front stretch of the starting line doing that little like half jog, half walk, like waddle thing you do the, down the front stretch from the starting line. And something happened where like I instantly looked up and just saw the bird's nest and I was just like, oh God. And I had to be like, all right, all right, take two seconds, like stop, like exactly what you said, like put those imaginary blinders on and just like get to the start line and then like reset. And I like, I know exactly, so I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, did you walk it's funny, in you, it's both funny, opening ceremonies? No, I didn't walk in the London one. I walked in the Beijing one. That was in the bird's nest too though, right? Uh, was that in the bird's nest? Was yeah. it that night probably was immaculate just like being inside of there though. That's like a non blinders like opportunity for sure. God, man, it's like you got eyes all over the place. Like you just, anyone, anyone with a US flag, I was just like pointing to. I was like making connections. I was like, you, yeah, my God, I'm going to do this for you. I will do whatever I have to to win these races. Like it's like, absolutely in awe and but you know what it's like they they put you in like the gymnasium while the opening ceremonies mm -hmm. like the whole celebration is going on and like you either have to watch it on a screen or you're like you're not quite out there yes so you, you miss half of it kind of waiting yep. to come out you finally come out and they do the whole like this is the official opening ceremonies here's how this is going to run and we're going to put a flag up and let's do this yay like exactly it's, it's, a, it's a bummer to miss half of it especially the beijing one yeah it because it, it, you want to experience it, but at the same time you like want to see it. So I remember like being in it and then going back and rewatching it, just being like, "Oh, I missed all of this. That would have been cool to like see." Yeah. But the track part of it, uh, 
talk us through kind of your summary of both races um likes dislikes mindset what you would have maybe done differently kind of just like your quick synopsis of, of both races and then um, maybe just go from there yeah uh in 2008 um i was still kind of it was maybe my second year really ever running the 800 so i, I was still trying to learn the race a bit and up until that point my only strategy was sit 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 kick 150 meters and mm-hmm. uh a gap would open up and I would like be too overly confident. I'll get them later. I'll get them later. And in that race in particular, the gap opened up and I didn't cover it. And uh, my kick was stronger than everybody else's, but because I let that gap form, uh, I finished think fourth and didn't quite, didn't get to advance. So uh, that would be my first mistake was not letting no a gap, gap form. Or, yeah. But you learn, you live and you learn. And then uh, in 2012, uh, I was just fighting injury in 2012. And I, quite frankly, I was, it was pure luck that I was able to get to the semifinals. Like the, I think I finished fourth in the first round, the 1500, and I was on the bubble and I got through. Then the semifinal, uh, I just I knew immediately after about a lap or two. I was like, you, you know, those races where you can feel the pain, your your body knows it's there, and your head had already you've already written yourself off, and you're like, even if I get it out of here, yeah. you just start eating yourself apart you already like put yourself in like an underdog you're not even underdog just like at a a disadvantage already if you don't step on the line with like full confidence in yourself that's the problem that's that's the problem injuries like in general it sucks to be hurt but it just crushes your confidence in general because you go to a start line you're already like i hope i'm okay to do this like that's negative like that's not Mm -hmm. a good thought to have and it eats away at you yeah for sure under i i yeah everything you're saying just reiterating it uh okay so 2010 ncaa's and 2008 olympic trials the oregon powerhouse that both pretty much both of those ended up being in some different ways take us through the hayward magic of both races of just the oregon strength that was in those races success you guys had what was it like running at hayward doing that at hayward and then i guess my second follow-up question to that is if that race would have been somewhere else, both of those races, would it have been as special? Like, do you think like, does like Hayward really add that much to it as an Oregon athlete and what you guys did? Um, yeah, the, you're talking, you're talking about the 2010, 1500 yeah. and then the, uh, 08 trials. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, the, at 2010, uh, that that to me will be uh, forever like a special event to me. Like winning it would have been great, but having two of my closest training partners and friends like finishing there with me, like that was, I mean, that's what made the cherry on top. So, uh, and yeah, Hayward magic is very real. I, I I don't know what life would have been like at Akron if you had done gone out and run the trials in Akron, but uh, I can tell you in Eugene, people know what they're watching. And it's it is an absolute treat that the, our school gets to have fans that really appreciate what they're looking looking mm-hmm. at. Because when it comes time to perform like that, they they've been watching you for the whole year, and it really does help boost your confidence. They really do get behind you. Like they they want everyone to do well, but you can feel when Oregon Ducks slides up into like the top three, they get a little bit louder and they get really excited, and it's. it's I never took it for granted. It was just such a such a blessing to be a part of that. Um, and then, yeah, the 08 year was just 
don't know. It's like you watch any movie where like a little kid tests an adult, and you're like, oh, I love that. I love when a little kid comes out on top. Hell yeah. That's that's kind of how it was. Like I was a 20 year old kid, and everybody in the race was like adults who knew what they were doing. Yeah. This kid just came out and ripped an 800 and came across second place to go to the Olympics, and nobody really anticipated a kid kind of doing that, and it's mm-hmm. just made it so much more special to watch to see it happen. That yeah, was fantastic. So you're this kid in 08. What was your goal going into trials? Was it to make, like, did you say, like, I can make this team? Or was it, hey, I'm going to make the final and see what happens? Like, what was your mindset going into the 08 trials? I'll never forget that. So I, I, that entire year was just sit and kick, sit and kick and win the race. Do what it takes, win the race, win the race, race. That's all That's all I kept thinking about. It's like, what do I have to do to get to first place? And so I... I didn't think about what am I going to, what are the consequences of winning? What do I, what can I win? What's the title involved? Like, what is the pressure? I was 20 years old for Christ's sakes. It's like, you know, I got at least two more years at Oregon to figure this out. So let's just go have fun with it. And honestly, that, that really is the best way to compete. And for coaches listening, like I, I implore you to like put it on your athletes to like let just race and you let, take all the numbers to yourself. Like as a coach, be in charge of the numbers as an athlete, just look at that number one and like, how do I get there first? Like, how do I get to that number one? That was literally the mindset I had was just, okay, how do I get to the first? What's the number one? I want, how do I get there? And so with each round, I, the first round I was new, I was fine. I got through, I, I won every race because that was it. I, winning was the, was the goal. First round, I barely won the second round. I was, I was tired. I felt a little beat. And the final came around and I remember warming up, doing some strides and coach Powell was there. And I was like, I think I can do this coach. And he's like, you think so? And I was like, yeah, I in this race. And he's like, well, then go do it then. I was like, all right, hell yeah. <laughs> there was never any talk about the Olympics. We never talked about next step. It was always just, what's the task we have to do today? It was like, win this race. Oh, okay. Let's win this race. So just like a little kid out there trying to get his props. I was, out there trying for shoot for that prize. And I was frustrated I, I, up until like the last two or three steps before the finish line. I was like, oh, I'm going to finish second. And I was like, I'm going to the Olympics. And it just all of a sudden came crashing in my head. Okay. I have, I have a follow-up question to that. But real quick before I go, there's a couple questions that came through chat and I want to grab them before they get buried here. Is Andrew a Ford, Chevy, or Ram type of truck guy? Oh, I'm a Ford guy. Okay. I'm American-made. Ford guy. Aren't those all American made? Probably, but Ford is the <laughs> one I've heard. Alright, alright, alright. And then uh are those diamond encrusted AirPods? I didn't I didn't win a medal in the Olympics. I was there. They're not that nice. They are AirPods Pros. They are AirPods Pros though. They are AirPod Pros though. The pros, that's right. I don't have the pros. Oh, yeah, I just I, have the, I, the I old the noise canceling, but no. <laughs> All right, I want to talk a little I bit about. I want to. What kind of people are watching this? <laughs> they think a lot of you. That's what they are. They think a lot of you. Uh, yeah, I'm just rolling around in cash over here. I've got a giant mansion of a house. I've got my laptop sitting on my bed. I'm sitting in a camping chair right outside my bathroom. All right, this is not high stakes <laughs> living. It's pretty pretty easy going for me. I like it. It's chill. <laughs> just a Vermont guy being a, being a guy, you know. Just, just dudes being a dude. 
I want to expand a little bit more on the Olympic trials and what it's like at the Olympic trials. Um, you had two great experiences there. And uh, for people who like just see it from the outside, what really goes into it. But a follow-up to what you were saying about 08 and how you win in 08 as a kid. You just like the task at hand, just win the race. All these things that are really simple. But when you step on the line in 2012, you're no longer that kid just trying to win the race. You're one of the top athletes going into it. Explain the change in mindset or what you had to do to either either pull yourself back to somehow making it be that kid mindset or whether you just accepted the fact that you're a favorite and, and really ran with it. Um, I think, yeah, 2012 was a, a little different because expectation plays a role. And uh, when people are pointing at you saying you're, you're supposed to be this, you're expected to win, like, is what's expected of you it suddenly kind of plays a little different role uh and thankfully i i put a lot of like gratitude into to vin and my coaching staff there is because they they kind of sheltered me a little from it but they they also kind of put it in perspective in a sense that like hey you ran two quarters the other day and 49 and 50 like you're, what's, what's the you're in great shape everything feels good like i don't know what you're complaining about like it, they kept my head from like drifting too far and that's that's the beauty of that coach athlete relationship is that it's just it's it's a two way road and it's not it's not a general giving orders it's you know I like to think of it as kind of like two friends working together mm-hmm. um, and 2012 comes around and you know, I was in shape I was I was fit enough to to do it again I knew that and I looked at kind of my opponents and I was like I can I can beat these guys and it's just that having that confidence to know you can do that like we've talked about makes a huge huge difference so to to know that you can go a full 1500 and be in the hunt i guess that's a confidence you you work on all year with races and workouts and drills and everything that you work on it's just to make sure that confidence is reassured that you can run fast um and so 12 comes around and but it's yeah it's it's just you're not it's a little different too because um i'm Basically, I've got a paycheck tied to it a little bit. I've got money that's involved, mm-hmm. like 100%. people who expect you, yeah, to, to do it. And you know, don't do it. You could lose a lot. You could at risk, and it's just it's, it's frustrating when what I loved about racing was just thrill of hunting for first place, and then that, and then it suddenly became less, like a little less about the thrill of hunting a little a little bit more think of it like a bar bracket like that thrill of hunting and then that little bit of like well if you don't do what you think you, you know if you don't do this a little bit of money or a little bit of your lifestyle can get is in jeopardy mm-hmm. and then it kind of like starts yeah. to teeter a bit and you're like ah oh, my i could lose a lot of stuff my lifestyle could be and all i could be you trying to spring out and so like uh it, it's a different lifestyle when when you find that professional life i think having that balance because i 100 percent agree like and i was almost in your situation i was that kid in 2015 and 2016 wasn't as bad because i was still sort of the kid you know like i didn't have really understand what the professional world was like yet i mean just signed the contract i mean i had no Mm -hmm. i had no like real ramifications of like consequences of 2016 quote unquote but i know for 100 percent every usa after that every year after that it's like it's in the back of your head but i think that coach athlete relationship that they're that this doesn't have to necessarily be your coach, but someone that is in your camp. That's like sees you wandering and drifting 
that's like, hey, man, like, why are you thinking about this? Like, you can't control X, Y, Z. You can control this. Let's focus on like what you can control. And I think that's exactly where that coach athlete, like advisor athlete, significant other athlete, like athlete relationship, those relationships are crucial because if you don't, you don't have your mind's the only thing controlling. And if you let your mind drift, it's just going to keep going and then it becomes hard to come back. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I exactly. And I, I look at kind of like what I, what something I would have done differently is I, I would have, I would have looked into like maybe a sports psychologist a little bit more and been a bit more serious about that or someone I could talk to to kind of offload like that frustration to. Cause I know the coach take on so much, like you can't be your therapist, your coach, like, yeah like a parent to a degree like he's you know he's he's your coach friend and coach keep it that relationship but like you got to have a vent like a, a release valve where you can go and like offload the stress of like having to compete and like the expectation and uh, i didn't i didn't actively seek that out because i stubbornly thought i was like capable of, i was invincible and you know nobody's invincible no i agree 100 percent. i think as a professional having a sports psychologist having that somebody that that understands what's going on in your training and your life and knows the coach athlete relationship you have, but can also like just be exactly what you're saying. You can say things to people outside of your coach that you never would say to your coach, but it like, I don't know if it gets your mind off of it. Um, so like keep in mind too, it's like, you've got, you've got the top level, like think there's always the highest level. So like in high school, you're like, Oh, I want to beat the college kids. You know, in college, like oh, I want to beat the pros and like at the pros, like, I just don't want That's to get it. beaten by everyone below me. It's, you don't get like, beat. You don't want to get beat by the college like, kid. <laughs> when I line up against exactly. college kids, that's like the scariest thing, dude. You're like, if I get beat by these college kids, man. No, like, man, it's high school kids. This now. is gonna be a long. Oh, dude. Like, I was thinking about it when I was talking with Nico last week. I'm like, dude, I would not want to race Nico right now. I was like, I am not in good enough shape to race Nico right now. <laughs> oh man, I'm not about to go out. That's why I was in some high, one of the high school school kids it's, uh, it was matthew mayton was in one of my races and i was like i'm not i'm not gonna lose a high school kid i will i will pull up and play dead on the track if i have to before this to a high school kid i just remembered that i remember racing in mount sack in 17 there was the i don't know if it was a holy i don't think it was a holy brother i think it was another 800 guy a high school kid and he was in the race and i didn't realize that he was a high school kid until we we're on the starting line and all of a sudden they're like 140 whatever high school kid and i'm like uh <laughs> that's what i ran like that 143 about uh, sack i'm like i am not letting this kid beat me that's probably why i ran 143 to be honest like i mean, instantly had an adrenaline rush like do not let this kid catch me like just go like someone asked uh what is your favorite thing about coach vin oh man coach vin um oh man vin is uh a lot of things i like about coach vin uh he he did such a good job of just fending off uh all of the exterior stuff um being on the other side of the tracks and kind of looking at like the track and track world now like there always like people kind of popping in and out of your bubble trying to figure out where your head's at like oh professional uh, dealer deals uh, about money uh, contracts and stuff like always things there and Vin did such a great job of recognizing that that was not helping helpful. And so he kept that all at bay. And on top of that, he recognized that the more I knew about what I was doing, like the more it affected how I performed. He never told me the specifics of why I did workouts. Uh, he never told me a workout until the day of, like he always oh, kept really? the numbers. People like, yeah. And so I'd show up and he'd be like, all right, doing four times 400 at, 
52. Oh my God. Like he didn't give me enough time to like react to it. And he's yeah. like, all right, and we go, you know? So I just kept it all to himself, all simple. And like, I, I really appreciated that. I'm the opposite. I'm a very also, like analytical. I have to see the workout like before it. I cannot, if I don't know the workout and I show up to it, I'm like, my mind is like, what am I doing? And then I hear it and it's exactly, see, I handle it differently. Like I'm bad at, if he told me like, if I had this like killer workout, like it was really with Alberto too. Like I had to at least have an idea what the workout was with Alberto. Like if I walked up to the line, not knowing what an Alberto workout would be, I would be like, no, for lack of better oh, terms, I, I would be shitting my pants as he told me some of those workouts. I'd be like, there's no way, but he would tell me at least a day or two before. So I would do that at home, you know, the night before. And then I'd be able to show up and be a little lighter one, but at least have some kind of confidence in myself after a good night of sleep. Dude, it's funny because like I always liked having uh, figuring out on the day because I, I I would sit and think about it too much. Like I don't know if I can run that. You know, that's a little heavy. Like on the day, like you don't have time to like your your, your interval's about to start. You're, oh man, a forty nine quarter or something. I've been doing that forever. All he said was we were doing fast stuff today, but this is it. Like you just broaden it out. Oh, you're doing fast stuff tomorrow, so get good sleep. Oh, okay, great. Okay. Go so, up. Uh, Oh man. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, let's just do it then. God, just like take off running, you know, it's like embrace it instead of fear it. You know, uh, someone asked what, what is Vin's training like? And, uh, is he like a high intensity guy? Like what's kind of Vin's, Vin's, uh, synopsis of training, quick summary, cliff notes. Uh Oh, uh Oh, Oh, there we go. Uh, he, he, he knows when to – it's a pretty – it's a standard training, really. It's like you add – you do your volume kind of in the fall, uh, and you do your heavy tempos and things like that. And in the kind of the early – in like winter, you do some of the more of mixture of interval work and hints of speed. But he was always good at adding speed to the end of – workouts like he was adamant that i kept that fresh and that i didn't lose a whole lot of that because you know this day i still my one of my more impressive workouts and it's not going to like surprise or not shock people but it's like eight mile tempo run starting at 5 20 and finishing at like 4 30 uh that to me is mind-boggling yeah eight miles like can't believe i don't even know how i did that like always kind of do like I would be something like that and then you'd finish with like, I don't know, four times a hundred meters at some sprinter stuff just to kind of fire up your legs, just keep that fast twitch muscle available, which is always really helpful. Nice. Cool. Cool. All right. So go from Oregon, you joined OTC. What was life like as an OTC athlete, as a professional Nike athlete for you with on a team in Eugene, you stayed in Eugene. Um, I mean, you, you were in Eugene for a while after that. What was it? What was it like being an OTC athlete, being a part of a Nike team like that for you? I I liked it. It was it was fun. It was it, it's just it's just a different dynamic. That's all. I uh, I hate hesitate to call these these teams. You know, BTC, the NLP, OTC. Uh, they're not so much teams, but more like training groups. Right. Uh, and what makes a team is uh, having a unified goal that everybody wants to achieve together uh and otc and all these groups we've all got the same goal but we we're doing it as an i see together. what you're saying 100 yeah you know? uh, like 
you have a great workout and you say you run a quarter and 51 and your teammates running 50 you're like oh i gotta beat this guy in three four months like i i don't know if i and suddenly you start over it now it's 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 that's why I, it was it was great because i love the like the friendships that i made there but having like five four or five milers under one umbrella all shooting for the uh, three spots in on the u.s team it could get it got stressful at times so and that's why you know i, I got to be careful when setting up those teams like you got to have your individuals and different people in different places or different nationalities even so it's just keep it keep the balance even yeah like i didn't Dude, really i didn't really work out much with with craig and donov as much as people probably think we did um but when we did those workouts there was never like uh i don't know how you guys were there was never like i don't ever i didn't really ever feel feel attention but I did feel like you always wanted to outperform the person next to you to a certain extent just to give yourself confidence. It wasn't about anybody else. Yeah. It wasn't about like I didn't care what Alberto thought if I beat Craig or not. Like if, I mean obviously Alberto would probably be mad if Craig beat me in a rep. That's the way Alberto was. But like for myself like I always wanted to at least run the workout to what I was supposed to run and if that meant running faster. I think now yeah. kind of going back to my own and having just like – training partners who who are just helping train more or less than just they're not really competing to make olympic teams they're just competing to run fast at this point is is like just an easier more relaxed environment like i did a workout today and i'm just getting back into full go training but it's just such a relaxed easy environment to work out there was no like tense there was no pressure but i still had a high like aspiration to achieve what i needed to achieve today and set myself up and it was like just laser focus on that where I 100% agree with you. Like these groups can sometimes be like, I always said like, I haven't like BTC for me is just like, that's a dog fight. I mean, could you like, they line up men and women's side and it's just like those five, like that 5k women's group. It's just like, now granted, it's not always they end up in the 5k, you know, they go 10, 5, 15 steeple, but every day you line up, you're working out with, not only the best people in the U.S., but some of the best women in the world. And, dude, uh, I couldn't well, imagine. Remember, like, That's a got... dog fight. Oh, yeah. You got to remember, it's like, I mean, we, we can sit here and analyze BTC quite a bit. But, like, they, they've, that is a eat or be eaten kind of, uh, they've got a great, like, a great kind of atmosphere there. But at the same time, it's like everybody knows you're here to be the best in the, in the, in the world. It goes back and to the so money if, thing. If you it goes back to the, the contract thing. You're doing this. It's no longer yeah. like you're no longer running. Once you become that professional, you're no longer making teams. You're making teams because you want to make teams. But you're also making teams because that's what you're getting paid to do. This is like an actor. Like an actor's not like an actor wants to win Grammy or whatever it is, Emmys, whatever they win, whatever golden, whatever they awards they want to win. Mm -hmm. But they win them because they want to be the best, you know. And they get paid more probably because the next movie they do, they become this award-winning act like actor. It's exactly what, like I want to put on a great show and make a team. But I also want to put food on the table, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know I'm saying. Yeah, well, that also that group, that group, like that's they're very the training there is rigorous. It is hard, like hundred percent. Yeah, it's like I mean we saw it the recipe. It works. Uh, you've seen it work. Uh, you get on board and you survive and reap the reward, or you get hurt. That's just eat or be eaten. Was your training? Uh at OTC when did you how long were you with Mark uh, I was there for about set well Mark I was there about four years so 
with Mark, when, when, when did you, what year did you start working with Mark? I worked with him uh, after just about 2013. Yeah, a little after, 20, around 2013. So Vin versus Mark even, or you could lump them in together. Being in that group, was it was it a little more individualized than what, or was, or was it, hey, the Milers are doing this, you might vary it a little bit based on each other's strengths or each other's weaknesses, but was it pretty much like Milers are going to do eight by 400, give or take a little bit, or was it very individualized and we'll make it work together? Um, yeah, it was, it was very, I think Mark did a great job of keeping, keeping the Milers in kind of their group and, you know, you had your 15 5k hybrid and you had your 815 hybrid hybrid really did you have just your one miler um, right right usually right, you right. could kind of you know drop them into different workouts so there was overlap for sure uh, like, like ben blankenship he can he can flow into eight eight fifty or 15 five 5k group and so him and hassan would do can workouts together and then like myself and like harun abda like harun was strict mostly strictly eight drift in the 15 so i'd jump back and forth from him so but like he did a good job of making sure the workouts kind of tailored to the athlete and vin vin was i mean he's he was good at kind of making sure that the workout fit each athlete so he he would fit this would be the workout he'd say this is what i'd expect most of the athletes to do this is what i expect some of the athletes, and this is what i could like, i mean you're on a track team of 30 plus people you got to be able to you know to know that not everybody can run run that workout so it's like if it's 10 times 400 this person off at eight cut this off at nine cut this this person go 10 so like he, would, he was very well aware of who could do what so it was, it was they both did a great job making sure the workout fit the athlete yeah i mean i think uh like we had a much smaller i guess quantity of athletes on nlp when i was there and it was really like i was alberto's like 15 guy yomif was alberto's 5k guy and i was really like galen was the marathoner like that was really like <laughs> the group but like everything well, was so yeah. individualized, like, cause we had that opportunity. I was just curious, like, cause I know in like looking from the outside in, from what I've seen, like there's a lot less of that opportunity just because of like the quantity of BTC, but OTC kind of falls in that middle ground. So that's, I was just curious kind of how everything fit together. Cause I feel like with college kind of translating this a little bit to like college a little bit here, like you have your college team where it might be big, but you have your your elite athletes and you have your your we'll call them your scoring guys and then you have your guy your developmental guys and it really is difficult for a college coach to really like i feel like get the most out of all three groups within a much a small window but i mean that's what makes a good college coach is like the guys who can get the most out of all three groups and develop the guys who need to develop get the scoring guys enough work to work and also at the same time help these top end guys reach some like high level workouts they need to reach. Yeah, uh, I agree. They, I was a, I was a high school coach for two years and uh, it's, it's a similar setup where you've got like your top percent who are like in the hunt for, to go to States and be successful. And you've got like the bulk States of the or group state. who are just States like, or state. And, oh, States. Yeah. I, it's I a singular I state states, meet yeah. though. It's a singular state meet. Yeah, but you know, you go to states like it's, okay. it just flows okay. better. What is this degree? Going to state. You, go state, I, I, like, you qualify state? for the state meet. You qualify. You don't qualify for the states meet. But I think it's like you, if you put a, like a colon and an S, it's like a belonging thing. So states, the state is belonging. So it's like I'm going to this like event. It belongs to this state. I'm going to state. Like okay, continue state. What state? 
I feel like you haven't finished your sentence. Okay, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I, gonna... I'm, I'm riffing here a bit, and I'm, I'm, I'm really stretching the truth, but I think you're probably right. <laughs> Someone just took your side in chat, so I guess you had the first chat person take your side. So go ahead. Sorry, I really didn't mean to interrupt that, but it really is a bothersome argument that I have to confront oh, people that's... with. A common argument. That's fair. It's understandable. But uh, no, yeah, they. So yeah, you get your your top group who's always trying to eye up the championship race, and your bulk of your group who are like looking for like you know maybe if I can hang in there, I, I can get to that. I, I like I, I want to be good, but you know I'm also kind of having fun in high school. Then there's that like bottom part where it's like I'm just here because my friends are here. And so the best way to kind of create that to me was uh, this was the workout. Um, I'd, I'd tailor it by time. And I'd, so I'd sit this out. We are, look, here's your, here's my top group. Here's the times you're looking for. Uh, and you could do a little more here, a little less, depending on how it goes. Then your bulk of your group is going to do the main workout. I always recorded what each athlete was running throughout the year. So I had an idea. So they'd be like, Hey, what do I should I run? Like on this one, run this X fast. Like we'll time you, we'll let you know how it's going. Uh, and then the bottom group is just like, hey, have fun. Sit on somebody and just run. And so yeah. uh, you find you find your, your workout for right the right people. Uh where'd you coach at again? What high school? Madison High School. Okay. Okay, someone just asked in chat. All right, so this is a good transition. You've been retired now. Um, I thought I saw this too, talking about research. Uh I love your quote here. I think it came from like the flow track article about your retiring, but they took it and they said it's like, dear professional running, the 30-year-old wrote. They were for sure to, to throw that piece in between your quote. Yeah. You've changed my life in ways I couldn't imagine. You've made me laugh. You made me cry. You've brought me a happiness that can't be replicated anywhere else. Are you, at this point in your life, have you started to like find your rhythm as like a non-professional athlete? Have you found like the happiness in your life? Have you started to like kind of... I guess close, officially feel like you've closed that chapter and started a new chapter and, and find happiness in other things now. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I, I think we may have talked about this. I, I walked away with a lot of resentment to the sport because, uh, you, know, you, you put all this time and effort in, like it's a good chunk of your life, you know? And if I was very fortunate to take it to 30, um, some people aren't so, so lucky to take it that far, but I took it up there and I got there. And by the time I was there, I was so angry at, kind of i've given my life to this like the last almost i was a like, last seven like five to seven years i'd put into this and every every ounce of sweat every day I'd, i calculated everything out and that's part of the reason it didn't, i was frustrated i calculated too much but uh, and i retired and walked away and i was like i hate this sport i, I can't believe like after all this time and effort i couldn't even stay healthy for a year i was fighting off all these injuries like this sport sucks and so uh, after about a year of kind of griping and pushing around and frustration kind of living life a little bit uh, i kind of dropped some shoes on i was like all right one too many beers i should probably try and get in shape and do a run you know let's try this out again and the the, the fun and exhilaration running just comes right back and uh when there's no reason to run there's no it's just simply for the fun and joy of what you're doing uh and it really is a fun fantastic sport because i still remember running down the street and being like oh, i remember yes i do love this sport and i don't have to do this because someone's making me i'm not running because i have to and training and blah 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 so 
it's just it, it erased all of that negativity immediately and i was like i want to get back into the sport how do i do it and so high school connection was huge because i got into the coaching side and kind of like seeing kids just want to succeed people in general seeing them want to succeed like it's just infectious energy so all these kids show up like ready to run and all excited how what can i run coach how do i do this coach oh my god oh my god oh my god You're like okay like it's amazing to see what sport can do you know like the the, the positive energy it can create for people and like i just totally ate it up I'm like their their goals became my goals i wanted their success to like you know, their success really like fueled me and so it was like hey i, I wanted that more than anybody so and as soon as I got into coaching, like all that negativity, that bitterness, that frustration was gone. And I was like, I, I want their success to be it. That's cool. So it leads into also like not only your coaching, but now you're working, you've been doing a lot with, with Portland Track and Tracklandia and, and all that entire like operation you have going. You're with On Running. I mean, you're you're doing a lot with that. You're it feels like in from the outside, you you had this resentment you came back to the sport and now you're finding ways to like have happiness again in the sport without necessarily like competing, but you are competing in the sense of like, as an on running rep, you're competing to be the, like you're signing the best, you're competing to sign these guys or whatever you're doing, like competing to have the best runners and you want your runners to succeed. And as a coach, you're doing the same thing. You competitive and you're running. And as Trecklandia, you want to be competitive in the fact of just like having the best production and all these things are like a competition in some sense, you're getting that competitive drive, but you're almost like, giving back and gaining happiness in yourself and it's like cool to see all these things that you've done from a like almost like a low point you like what you're saying like a year after you're just drinking away you know like i don't want to yeah. do anything yeah yeah well I'm, i i'm yeah i mean it wasn't like i came off the track and i just dived into a bottle of liquor <laughs> you went straight to taylor's I, straight to taylor's yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna pee on the floor like the rest of them uh i, I uh, no. I like. I just wanted to explore what the world had to offer, so I just tipped my like dipped my feet into different pools and kind of saw how it was. But yeah, I'm I'm very happy with how things are right now. And like I like I like the sport not so much because uh, of the performances I'm seeing. I like it because I want to help find ways to make it popular. So uh, Tracklandia stuff, I, I love it because it's just you create this atmosphere where, in my opinion, performance shouldn't matter so much. It's more about creating a platform for your audience to get to know the athlete. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's what we lack a little bit of in this sport. It's always like, what's the time? What's the time? How fast? That's what the this time? is like, like, I think cool. It's like, like sharing about you being in Vermont, your happiness off the track. Like obviously like your success on the track is, is a, a major part of who you are and every athlete's success on the track is a major part of them. But there's so much more to an athlete than what you see from their time when they cross the line and the things that their sponsor puts on, things they put on social media. Because every athlete, if they sit in this chair and say that they don't care what they put on social media, they're lying. Every professional athlete wants to portray an image on social media to some extent. Like very rarely do you get an extremely organic, no limit person on social media. It just doesn't happen as a professional athlete. Like you just – but. Yeah. Like and your track landia thing is just your yeah. track landia thing. This like sharing stories of athletes is a hundred percent missing from the sport. Yeah, and like that's that's what I'm trying to help fix. So yeah, with track landia, like you're helping with this, like bringing people on, just like getting to know people. Like sure, there's the the performance side, but like who's to stop someone from googling who this person is and getting a Wikipedia page that can learn it all or an interview where they can read it all? But like 
oh shoot, now maybe you'll know it's like, you know, Colleen can like change a diaper impressively well. Like, like that was like, that's what's fun with Tracklandia. Like, whoa, you know? whoa, my diaper yeah. change. Very. What's it? What's it? What's it? When you uh, you I don't know what the word intuition or whatever. When you put everything together, like it was very creative, very creative with what I was faced with. Yeah. No. We we. Yeah. I think for those who who don't know, they have no idea what we're talking about. Good (laughs) idea. Tracklandia.com. Go find Clayton's like fun game that we played at the end of it. Uh, but it was basically, we dumped a bunch of materials in front of you, Colleen and and our co-host Jeff. And we said, Hey, here's your, your baby doll. You have to make a diaper for this doll. It was like the story of like, you're stuck on the interstate. You're stuck on the interstate, like 50 miles from the closest gas station. Your kid just like pooped his pants and you got to change his diaper. And you have like a plastic bag, like pipe cleaners, uh, like saran wrap and tape. So I just like saran wrap taped the baby's bottom and it worked. Yeah, you might need to MacGyver a diaper. It was yeah. right. It was, like, it was, like, it was one, of, one of my more favorite games that we played. And uh, yeah, you did like exactly what I was hoping like you or Colleen or Jeff would have done is just take the duct tape and yeah, so I just, start just... wrapping it around. I was like, yes, he's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to talk a little bit about your on running in your new career and like, what 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 your what your job is what what kind of position you're in what you can share with us you just signed i remember talking like when i before i moved to oregon you're like i can't tell you anything and then i see on social media like you make some big announcements like what what are you doing on running what's your guys's like plan like what's your i don't know your your mission statement about like what you're trying to do like give me talk to me about on running a little bit Sure, man. Yeah, I know. If, uh, for those that don't know, I'm running very well. It's the cla- it's the shoe on the the wall that looks really wonky. It has like uh, those weird little weird little goof thingies on them. They're, they're called cloud pods. Uh, but we we end. All right, this the- is a this is a Nike 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 podcast. Please uh, <laughs> limit your limit your sales pitch to fifteen seconds, so you will be automatically banned from the channel. Uh, Clayton is Hold on a second. Let us sit like that until you're done with the uh, your your statement here. This is gonna be like one of those things where you edit it. Where it's yeah, like, Spence, can you uh, can you uh, can you bleep out anytime he says on running? Can you just beep it, please? Thanks. Go ahead now. You can finish with your statement. Okay, got you. Well, uh, long story <laughs> short, we're 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 a company based out of Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, I work in their sports marketing department. Uh, we've, we've focused on, um, bringing on track athletes, building out, uh, our, our track roster. Uh, and I specialize in sponsorship of athletes and sponsorship, sponsorship of uh, events and athlete management. So, um, yeah, we, we, we've find a few athletes that, and, uh, I obviously can't tell you who, and I see that base that you're like, come on, drop a name. Give me a Dude, name. come on. I need the clickbait. Come on, man. I'm trying to grow here. I'm trying to make this channel work. This is a perfect platform. <laughs> no, I, I can't. I can't throw a name out. I can't throw a name out. But uh, yeah, we've we've got some, good, some good talent. He's a good guy. He's from Colorado. I've heard of him. Yeah, no, he's – I hope we get him. That'd be cool. You heard it here first, chat. I I know Joe is a talented athlete. I know he's signed with a sponsor. Uh, I know he's holding out to tell people, so the announcement better be pretty cool. So, all right, that's it, chat. Thanks for having me on, Weeding. We will uh, we know the new title. 
We are we are good to go. We have it. We have it. I was kidding. I thought I I saw this uh I saw somebody in chat put uh checks over it and I was written like say checks over cloud pods. I was hoping somebody would say that, but uh they went checks over stripes, okay. but like the the original. But I thought it'd be funny true. if somebody That's... would have been like checks over cloud pods, that would have been been a kind of funny follow up to that conversation we just had. That's cool because like no, it's, not, it's not. cool how you're taking like on running, which like what you said is kind of this wonky shoe on the wall, but now you're you're taking it and like and putting it on the track and building a brand and like giving athletes opportunities. And I mean, Jake Riley's an Olympic marathoner, dude. I mean, he's going to be running in Tokyo and, and on running for you and have a great representation of your brand. It's really cool. Again, how you're finding your happiness and giving back to the sport and. Even like a really. Cool yeah, I do way. want to say though, they are they they may look like a wonky shoe, but they are pretty damn efficient. So I've I've run in them quite a few times. The column's wonky and weird. I can I may have misspoke, but they're 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 more legit than people give them credit for. Okay, go. I have a question to that. Some of us all in chat earlier, they were discussing this. Two part question: Your peak point of your running career, any point, doesn't matter any year. How fast could you run a 5K? You could have chose it to run at any point in your career. And maybe you did run a 5K, but you really are at the exact point where it could be like February of 2012, you were at this point, whatever it was. And then what would you run in a 5K if you put on an on pair of running shoes right now, went out your door and went to a track, what would you run in a 5K? First of all, I want to I want to note that it's really regardless what shoe I put on my feet right now because I am very far out of shape. So, but what would it be? going to be the same. What would it be? What would it be? Now, if I ran a 5K, shoot, if I didn't pull my calf or hamstring in the first mile, then I would probably, if I can break, if I can break 16, I'd be very stoked about that. Okay. Okay. Be okay with that. That's not shabby. Um, but I think that'd be a, be a bit of a tall. I mean, yeah, I'd be happy with a sixty. So, but my best five k, uh, I think you know there was a point where I think I probably could have run like 13, 30, 13 Okay, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, there I, I mean, that's point, what but. I think. That I think that's like, I think that's what chat. I don't know, without going back. I think that's what chat was like saying, and that's what I was sitting here thinking about. Thinking that I was like thirteen thirty, is a really good like middle distance number for like that fifteen eight kind of guy mm. to go up to thirteen thirty. So. No, I hundred percent. But I'd be curious. I I would uh I would live stream your uh your uh your your local five k tomorrow if you if you'd like attempt. You it. Yeah, yeah, we can. I swear to God, if I ran tomorrow, I don't know if my calf could hang in there. I'd be. What's I'm, your weekly I'm, mileage? Five k. My current weekly mileage is it at five? Is it like five k a week? I ran five miles yesterday. Oh, okay. You're fit then. I ran. Yeah, and then and then I ran six last Friday, so um, six or five miles. All right, I mentioned it at there. the beginning. It got announced a couple of days ago, I believe, a couple of days ago or whatever. And um, you're an Oregon Athletics Hall of Fame inductee. Mm-hmm. So how does that like? What what is that? Who who else is in the Hall of Fame? First off. Like who are the who are the cool people you're gonna be next to, and also when is the official announcement? Have they obviously with COVID? Who knows what they're able to do? But like, is it like is there any kind of big ceremony and like and like how does it feel to be inducted into that? Uh, so 
way it works in Oregon, they fly you in on a helicopter right after you get off your pri- private jet they send to you. And the duck carries you on a giant throne in Oregon right now. If you want to come to Oregon, they do this for me. It's not true at all. I'm lying entirely. It's a false, false narrative. I was, uh, um, I was interested, though. Sorry, my computer's about to uh, It's actually, it's, it's quite an honor. I'm so, like, I'm very, very touched and very proud to be inducted in the Hall of Fame just because Oregon's distance and running history is, um, is legendary. It is, it is rich beyond belief. There's been movies off of it. I mean, mostly prefontaine like he's he continues to be one of our best recruiting tools like he's Oregon thing is not a joke it's a very very impressive yeah. deal to be a part of that heritage um not unlike akron akron is just is, is lustrous in its own rights sure uh we don't we don't actually mention uh, though mm-hmm. that that word on stream actually oh no you, you, i said acorn yeah, yeah, that the university that starts with an A that's in Northeast Ohio. We don't mention on stream. Yeah, I forgot you're you're, you're at war with them. fighting a fight, yeah. fighting a fight. Yeah. Yeah. There you yeah. go. How um, do you get inducted? Oh yeah. Do you have to fill? Do you? Is there like an application you fill out, or do you just get chosen? There's a there's a board. There's like a, a Hall of Fame board, and everybody votes. Uh, look at like who you have to be ten years out of college. Okay graduated and then uh they they bring in all the new potential inductees and then they pick they think is you know worthy narrow down the list and then everybody votes and whoever gets voted gets voted and uh, i guess i was first ballot which i was means, gonna say you're a first ballot guy because 2010 was your last year yeah. so like wow it's impressive dude i didn't know that i i mentioned that and people were like well first ballot that's really cool like i don't know what even what that means like that's uh so that's impressive you learn but no it's very it's to me it's a very it's, it's a personally it's a very like, i'm a very proud moment do you get anybody who asked you we kind of joked about this before coming on stream do you get anybody who asks you if you ran with pre oh yeah no i'm sure yeah they all look at me and they're like man you have an age today I'm like, yeah oh, pre. Well, okay if you get somebody who has no idea like really what's going on they just know like organ and pre like they've seen the movie or something they're like dude you were teammates with pre like no, there's um there was one guy, one person who I, I mentioned we said, oh you were in Oregon you were in Oregon like, yeah, yeah yeah I run Oregon he's like oh my god like this is, you were pre the pre Fontaine guy right I was like I mean don't currently he's like oh oh he's not running anymore I was like oh he's retired he's been dead he's retired yeah he's he's, he's, he's hung up he's the he's retired yeah uh, <laughs> what? some people don't know you have to educate him. I have one more question and I'll let you go unless Chad has any more here. Uh, as a professional, um, and I feel like you've told me a story about this before and that's why I'm, I'm trying to maybe get this story out of you, but I don't remember if it was exactly you who told me the story and it might be way off here. As a professional athlete, you get a lot of uh, people who ask you for like particular workouts or like tips. Didn't you give some kid like 100 by 100 and tell him to do it and he did it? I, I didn't give that tip, but uh, okay. it was uh, it, it was AJ Acosta. Okay. He, okay. Uh, in the heat of his in the heat of his like high school illustrious career, uh, he got hit up. Was like, I'm really trying to be good. How do I get good? And he was like, a hundred times, a hundred meters, 
starting at 14 and you got to get faster. And the kid came back and was like, oh, I only got to like 12. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was you, but I like, I mentioned that story to people before of like, cause somebody will like mention that, like, Oh, do you get a lot of DMS? And I was like, yeah, I respond to every kid saying I give them a hundred by a hundred with a hundred meter jog yeah. rest. Like just jog the curves, the run the straights. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, well, I had, uh, we oh, had yeah. one more question come through. Uh, what was Andrew's favorite teammate? Was it Centro Galen or somebody else? Uh, I mean, those are, very, those are great teammates. Um, I'm putting you on, this is I a really say, like on the spot question here. This is tough. I think, cause you know, in a team you develop a lot of good friendships yeah. and there are a lot of good friends there. Wait, is, is that, is that like, I don't know if any of my, it could be one of my teammates like testing me right now and they're just like, Hey, my name is like Mac Fleet at sixty nine fourteen or whatever. You're like, oh, Mac, you sly dog. I like, think this dude's name is uh, Galen runs marathons. Actually, yep. So, oh, okay. Yeah, answer, Galen's answer wisely. Like, answer wisely. Yeah, he's got all his kids in his arms. Like, don't you joke? We didn't come on. Uh, but no, I'd say yeah. It's, Accenture was a great teammate, but I, I gotta say, I, you know, there there a bunch of teammates I had. Nobody would really know. They're just great friends. Um, but AJ Acosta was a great teammate and, and a great friend. Uh, still a great friend. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Centro is just. I'll tell you, there's not a lot different about Centro now than there was back then. He's still he's still the same old goofball, candy eating, video game idiot that I. I goofed off with in college so yeah I, he was a fun dude to hang around with for sure but um yeah did i answer that answer your question yeah we're, just, we're trying to I'm, I'm digging for uh clickbait titles here so appreciate it uh oh, yeah. one more oh, yeah. okay what was the weirdest place someone has asked to sign his signature great question um i've done i've done uh, lower back, I've done ass, I've done okay. cleavage, I've done foreheads, uh, I've done Rubik's Cubes, I've done bananas, cell phone. Have you signed rocks um, before? I don't think I've done a rock yet. I was at you like, a, I was at like, a, was like NXN regional meet and somebody like, the kids didn't have anything to sign so they went and grabbed rocks from like the woods and like brought them in and I'm like, alright, cool, sign some rocks. Ooh, no, that's awesome. That's really cool. Creative. I've, uh, yeah, I've, there's, yeah, I've had, I've had some people just really test out my comfort level. I'm like, nope, I'm okay. Not going you that far. You do realize this is a permanent marker, correct? Before I sign your baby's forehead, you do realize it's a permanent marker. <laughs> it's funny that I have that, I have a photo of a kid who has my signature on there. And like, I remember doing some sort of, presentation or something putting it up somewhere and that kid or like their dad or something messaged me and was like oh my god that's my son i know that kid and i was like oh you're legit oh, oh wow. okay okay uh okay they keep coming in but they're funny we have but, a debate on this channel about cereal a lot cereal comes up a lot what is your favorite cereal um i'm a big fan of life i like life cereal uh but you know the, the the classic no that or Reese's peanut butter cups. Those okay. are peanut butter okay. puffs. Yeah. That's, You're that's the first the, person I've ever heard to say life. Man, like it's such a good cereal. Like my parents never gave me the sugary stuff. So like Crispix, Life Kicks, Honey 
a Cheerios. Like that's that's my childhood, man. And then like you know you got the leprechauns that come out and Tony the Tigers. You just kind of dump sugar in your bowl. You love it, but I don't know. The nostalgia of those cereals is nice. Oh, it's we yours. had a couple of responses of whack, and then someone asked if Raisin Bran would crack your top five. Not my top five, but it's it's a good cereal. Uh, I'm a hundred percent like a sugar guy, like Lucky Charms, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Frosted Mini Wheats. I even like Corn Pops, surprisingly, Honey Smacks, all like the sugary stuff. I'm a big sugar guy, but I'm like I'm like Centro, like I'm a candy like sugar guy. Yeah. Like I, I have a sweet 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 tooth, big time. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's funny. I I kind of had a sweet tooth. So when you were saying like my career, right? Yeah, my career accolades would be one of them. And I was, my best is uh, 24 Reese's Cups in an evening. I was just like Wait, throwing them back. We went, like, like we individual, went to... like this is considered a cup. So 24, like, so like 12 packs or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Because we went, so it was, uh, we went to New York to run um, in the armory. I think it was my junior year. And I remember Centro was uh, my roommate. And we went down to like, the candy place, the like the Hershey place in times square oh the m&m yeah, thing yeah. yeah yeah it was like six dollars like five like five dollars for six packs or whatever and so we were just like oh all of our like stipend money just we're all out and bought a ton of reese's cups and he capped out at about probably 12 or 14 somewhere in there and just powered through all Your 24 competitive juices just kept going just give me another reese's you know? <laughs> It doesn't even look like that competitive. It was just like we were watching some dumb television, just like throwing Reese's Cups back. And then I just like reached over to get more and realized there's just a pile of wrappers. Like, what the? He's like, you ate all that? Oh, my God. I was like, yeah. I just ate four cups. Waffles or pancakes? Uh, pancakes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Waffles are good, but it's like, I feel like when you order a waffle and you don't know where you're getting it from, it can be very risky that you get a bad waffle. It is hard to get bad pancakes. So, like, why is it that uh, a restaurant, like, three, like, three pancakes is, I don't know, let's just throw numbers out. It's like $8 for three pancakes, and a waffle is about the same or more. I think the, the ratio there doesn't quite even out. Are pancakes cheaper? Is it supposed to be? What is maybe that? it's easier to make. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Is it like more dough? Dang! I got a question for your your Twitchers. Is that what you All call right. them Twitchers? Yeah, chat. You can call them chat. The, mur- the mur- yeah, yeah, we need a cool name, but I, I just call them chat. They're not very. Sometimes they're intelligent. Sometimes they struggle. So we'll see. It depends on the question. I mean, you're, you're growing me on my my five k times. Like you, you throw a pair of shoes on your feet right now for a five k. You think Clayton Murphy runs a 5K in? Before you answer, I'm gonna riff for a minute while your chatters all come in here and just throw in some numbers. Are you talking about like right now? Yes, if I was to go out like t- tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning. Yeah, here's a pair of shoes. Oh, that's struggling. Around 5K. That's struggling because um, I they know that I'm not in like like a like a peak fit shape right now. So I'm curious. Uh, yeah, so I know the answer to this one though. Like, Mario, Mario ask uh i know the answer for you i'm pretty sure is half tights or splits half sides yeah i I knew that question was coming uh i get a lot of nutrition questions i I get a lot of nutrition questions so i'm curious by this and we can you can build off of this if you want while you wait on no one's put any answers in chat so no one has any faith in me uh 
pre-race meal what was it or what was your because the other thing is i don't think people understand as a pro like your pre-race meal is never the same because you're always just like you're never in like the rarity of you getting the same meal for me i feel like was rare but you always kind of have like a go-to um but what was like in your nutrition like as a pro as a collegiate um did you care did you count calories did you like try to hit all the food groups like what was kind of your nutrition and what was your pre-race meal I didn't care until probably maybe the last three three years of my career. I just kind of so I it was just like I was hungry at eight, and you run so hard, you just need to eat calories. And uh, and then I got to the point where uh, I started paying more attention. I had a food food diet, knew what I was eating. Um, but one thing was very consistent. The night before a race, I had a cheese pizza. Because philosophy is cheese you're going pizza. To- argue it all you want but here's the here's the philosophy and you can't deny it if you're going to run a race after all this time of being strict and honest with this training and all of this like sticking to this book to make sure you, you're in, you're in shape the night before you go to bed before a big race eat something that makes you the happiest pizza is will forever be one of my favorite foods and so i'm eating pizza because it makes me feel happy going to bed with a, my happy meter full full belly just and then you, you get this full rest of just full satisfaction, full recovery, and then you wake up, and then you can start stressing about your race. I mean, I get that, but I feel like, ooh, cheese pizza is. Oh. All right, I like it. Uh, we got 1440, 14 flat, 1420. I'd say, uh, I don't know. If it was like, if you handed me shoes, you gave me till tomorrow morning because I did a workout today. I I'd be happy to break 15 minutes honestly. I am not in like clickbait. I'm not in shape. You you can clickbait that one. I don't care. But No, dude, do you have uh do you have any is it just preference of half tights being like cuz some people ask me this is like do you do it for the compression or do you just do it cuz comfort? Do it because um I just like I don't know. I've got these long legs, and they're I like always the comfort very white. And, yeah, and yeah. Like, my legs are pale. Like the running yeah, short shorts is like a risk. Like the like paleness just blinding people. Yeah, then you're like blinding yeah. people with like yeah. So, well, man, hey. Okay, one more uh, for you, okay? Okay, one so, more, one more, one more for me. Olympics were great. You've been grilling me on my Olympic experience. Okay. Um, in sixteen, you went to Rio. Give me, give me a story that doesn't have anything to do with performance, only celebratory memory from 16. Celebratory or just like, 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 uh, like our Olympic memory. Rio 2016, a celebratory moment after you won your medal. Celebratory. Uh, we never slept when the sun was down for like four days straight. If that, we went did you go out to like clubs and parties yeah we were at the we were at this huge like red bull party on like one night and we went to the usa house we watched the like it was one of the final nights of the meet we watched the meet at the usa house and we were eating and drinking there and then we went from there to this red bull party and this red bull party was like a red bull party and then like this big outdoor party like on the bottom of the hill then there was another club it was like four clubs in this entire like connected outdoor space. So we were there. We would go up to the Red Bull party because we had access there. We'd get Red Bull and vodka for free. And then we'd go down. And then I remember we went back to the hotel. Or not to the hotel, but the, the village. 
and I got back to the village at like it was like 5:30 a.m. or something. I showered because I couldn't comprehend where I was at really. Sobered up enough to get in a taxi to go to the Nike hospitality, which was on a golf course, and play in a golf outing at 6 a.m. or 6:30 a.m. Oh. So I made it great until like hole seven or eight oh. because I was so hyped up on Red Bull that like I was balancing yeah. Red Bull with being tired and drunk. But by the time I hit like seven or eight, dude, I couldn't swing a club. I was so like drunk tired that it was like, I was just like, dude, I just need to go home. But then the next night we went to another party at a club and it was like Usain Bolt's like birthday party. And we were in this like huge club Someone stole a bottle of champagne from a booth and I got blamed for it and almost got kicked out of the club. But then we started going up on stage and kind of like raiding the stage. And I remember at one point I'm getting, I'm up on stage. I'm trying to convince the dude that I'm like a bronze medalist. I'm like showing him my credential and a picture of me with my medal saying like, that's me. I want a medal. Let me on stage. He finally lets me on stage and then I get kicked off. And like Devin Allen and like Tony McQuay are ready to like fight this bouncer for me. And I'm like, dude, it's not worth it. Like, I'm just going to go back with Hassan to the dance floor. Like, we're good here. But yeah, like, <laughs> we didn't sleep with uh, with that. But if you go non-celebratory, like, obviously meeting Ari was probably a pretty good story there. And beating her in Uno. Yeah, she that's won't, pretty. She won't really, like, let that down. She <laughs> says she beat me, but it's we'll all, uh, we'll, we'll take that and one. Clearly, you're, you're not yeah. over it. <laughs> I said I always tell me a lot of people like tell that story and it came up actually at the wedding in the ceremony um like Darren Treasure like brought it up when he was doing the thing he was like they met over Uno and like supposedly Ari won and yada 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 and like everybody tells me that like you should always let your wife win yada 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 and I'm like no this is the one thing that I am not giving up on like I won the Uno game they also did not play by normal rules and I still learn their rules in one. So that's the story I'm going with. All right. On, on, on your headstone, it's going to read Clayton Murphy. Uno, Uno champion won, or, versus Uno, wife. Uno champion. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what all I want. That's all I want. And that to the grave. All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. I really do. This was a lot of fun. And it was uh, somewhat last minute, but I'm I'm super glad to have you on. And... I'm glad you you were taking some time, hang out with us, hang out with my chat. Chat, I appreciate the questions tonight. You guys are great. Um, so I appreciate it, man. And thank you very much for for coming on and, and sharing some things about your life, about your track career, about uh, cloud pods and, and, and being a, an Oregon Hall of Famer. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me, you know. Shoot, it was a lot of fun. Like the old days when we could sit in a coffee shop and have breakfast, you know. Those are times. This is about as good as it can oh, get. Oh, back in the day we used to eat in restaurants, yeah. kids. Us <laughs> kids. No, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank good you very day, much. Dude. And uh, and uh, have a good night. Have a good night. All right. Thanks, thanks pal. Man. See ya. Thanks. Oh chat you can see me um so we can do this hold on uh we can hide this and then we can hide this oh i'm split between two here but uh we'll do this uh really chat thanks for uh thanks for hanging out and really appreciate it that was uh yeah trippy 
But usually like uh, I lose all photo here. So this actually worked really well. Thanks for hanging out chat. I appreciate it. Um, next week is going to be really, really cool. Um, and I actually this week, um, funny enough, through trying to find Andrew, I found a lot of people to line up who are really extremely cool guests. So it's just going to be one after another for the next couple weeks of really cool people. Um, I wasn't going to be able to do next week, um, but they canceled us being able to go to the golf tournament as spectators at the Memorial in Columbus. So I'm actually going to be here. I'm going to be able to do it on Thursday. Uh, have a special guest. I uh, won't be on Monday night um, next week. Potentially might stream Sunday. It's just going to depend on when we get back from, from seeing some family this weekend. But uh, might stream... Um, Monday or Sunday, won't stream Monday. We'll be on Tuesday. Tuesday, I'm gonna do a one of those topics we talked about last uh, Tuesday night. Um, I'm gonna find one of those topics and kind of set aside 15, 20, 30 minutes and talk about that. And then um, we'll be back Thursday with Track Talk guest. The Track Talks for the previous three people will be up on YouTube by the time I fall asleep tonight or tomorrow. So I'll send that out on social. Uh, 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 Justin's already up. Devin's going up. Excuse me, chat. And Nico's going up right now. And then, uh, yeah. So I appreciate it. You guys were awesome tonight. I had a lot of cool questions. I, I thought it was really cool uh, hanging out with, with Weeding. And he had a lot of insightful stuff about training, about coaching, about just like that coach-athlete relationship. So I think it was a, it was really a cool, cool conversation. It ended up being really insightful. So I appreciate everything. And uh, hope you guys have a great Thursday, a great weekend. Stay safe. And uh, we will be back on Sunday, potentially. So make sure if you do hang out, hit the follow button. If you have a Twitch Prime, I appreciate it. We had some follows tonight real quick. Moanzone, JRsh, Spartacus, Cutler, uh, Sir McTrash, <laughs> Saharan15. I appreciate everybody's follows tonight. Uh, appreciate you guys all hanging out. You guys are, are always fantastic. So have a great night. Have a great weekend. See you guys on Sunday, potentially. If not, then Tuesday. So peace out and appreciate it.